Good morning, everyone. My guest today is from the Docks and Harbors Department, Port Director Carl Yucatel. Good morning, Carl. Good morning, Kevin. Thanks for having me. And that's a very nice ride you rode in on. Thank you. It's a, it's a motorcycle day. Oh, yeah. definitely. So I hear some ribbons have been officially cut on the new welcome signs. That's right, Kevin. So uh, last Friday, as part of uh, the National Infrastructure Week, we had an event on the Alaska Steamship Dock, and uh, we recognized uh, a bunch of uh, maintenance projects that we've uh, completed over the last year, that is, uh, docks and harbors. We talked about uh, the Alaska State Report Card, which is uh, promulgated every four years by uh, the American Society of Civil Engineers, and we did a little ribbon cutting uh, to commemorate uh, the new welcome signs that are along the uh, uh, waterfront uh, pier face. Typically, um, unless somebody goes to the approach dock and looks down, you're not going to see that. So those welcome signs were intentionally uh, placed to welcome uh, cruise ship um, passengers coming off uh, off the ship, and we have welcome written in uh, 10 different languages. Well, and part of that infrastructure week, last time you told us you'd also be commemorating all the maintenance done last year on the docks so how much was done yeah um it's a great question kevin so um we did about seven hundred thousand dollars in repair and maintenance last year um my staff and my, my i don't even want to say me and my staff my staff uh executed in excess of uh, $700,000. Um, some of the projects include uh, the repairs to the Statter Harbor D-float uh, uh, floats that were damaged during a Thanksgiving storm last year. And then uh, we also uh, installed uh, new year-round pump-outs at, uh, at Harris Harbor. And uh, we also installed uh, zinc anodes at Harris Harbor. That'll extend the useful life of our steel piling. We've done repairs out at Taku Harbor. And uh, just, uh, you know, part of infrastructure isn't just ribbon cutting cuttings and, um, you know, big celebrations of big capital improvement projects, but uh, maintenance is key to uh, sustainability. And so we're very, we take it very seriously and uh, maintenance is key in our uh, processes. Was that about the same amount of maintenance done last year as previous years, would you say? Well, um, again, we work on a a fixed budget, so um, I should also um, share that uh, some of those maintenance projects that I mentioned were augmented with grant funding. So the Alaska Department of Transportation has a municipal harbor grant program, and so uh, the the zinc anodes that were installed in Harris, that was a 50-50 match um, project. Uh, The the, the, the sewer pump outs in Harris Harbor. There's also a federal program administered through uh, Department of Fish and Game um, that provides money, uh, match money for uh, sewer pump outs. Basically, it's a, a clean water initiative where we pay a quarter in the feds through what's called a sport, uh, sport fish restoration grant. Um, pays three quarters of it, so that's um, if you look at your uh, your your bills when you buy fishing tackle or or hunting guns and um, ammo. There's a one percent federal sales tax. 
that goes into that. And that money is apportioned at the federal government through the different states. And then we work with Fish and Game to get money for projects like that. Um, we've used that money successfully in the past for repairs out at Taku Harbor, for example. So it's a it's an important program for harbors throughout throughout the U.S., but especially in, in Alaska. So on the note of repairs, you had just mentioned the Taku float uh, repair that was done recently. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, Taku Harbor is really a, uh, you know, kind of a gem for, for, for Juno. Not sure how many people go down there. We have, uh, um, we, we don't keep records of how many vessels go down there, but it is a, a facility that Docks and Harbors owns and maintains. Um, it was built it was built by the state and uh, the city um, uh, back in about 2002 assumed responsibility and part of the the dock um, the float system down there was repurposed from a Malga Harbor from a project from 2003 so there's the certain um, certain amount of floats have been there um, They've, they've been around for in excess of 45 years, and that portion is really um, getting more and more troublesome to, to maintain. But uh, we had our uh, deputy port engineer, uh, Matthew Sill, and uh, a handful of harbor officers go down on a couple occasions to, uh, to pressure wash and then uh, institute some major repairs. There was some part of the approach dock was... Um, was failing it's just very old so uh they made temporary repairs that uh, should get us through at least this year um we are looking at that project as a potential one percent sales tax initiative request but taku harbor um a lot of fishermen use it a lot of locals go down there there's a a cabin uh, that uh, the state uh, um, rents out so gets a lot of use um, and uh, and just in time for a wedding. That's right. So uh, <laughs> interesting enough, when the the guys are down there uh, making the these uh, repairs, they're uh, about twenty minutes before they finished uh, a party. Uh, showed up on a, on a on a charter vessel, and uh, a dozen people came to use the 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 cabin. And sure enough, it was fixed. And um, there were some people with uh, poor mobility, so it was it was a. Um, I wish that I could say that we planned it that way, but it was very fortuitous that uh, when we got down there to do the repairs. Another example, of folks using the harbors. Absolutely. So, moving on to another harbor you mentioned statter is all good to go now uh, where is uh what did the repairs require there yeah so um again we had uh the friday of thanksgiving last year we had uh, some severe winds there and um, two of the float concrete float modules were crushed and uh, these this float system uh, kind of a, um, a unique design. The state built it, uh, designed it in about 1982. They were installed in about 1988. Um, but they're getting also long in the tooth. And um, anyway, with uh, the wind, we had some, the, some vessels that were tied up to the to the float at the time. There were the the modules were crushed. What we ended up doing was um, procuring the concrete. Um, um, uh, float system through the original manufacturer, Bellingham Marine, 
and had those shipped up. And then we went out for a um, um, competitive bid contract um, that the bids closed on February 21st, I think, and we had no bidders. So we ended up having to go sole source with a company out of Seattle to come up. Um, they mobilized, removed, and um, uh, disposed of the, the damaged floats and installed about a half mile of new cabling. These, all these uh, for the old Statter Harbor, um, none of them are um, moored with uh, piles. They're all moored with cables and anchors. So the idea is they had to run about, um, about a half a mile of new cable through the new and existing floats that are kind of uh, held together, like we call it a uh, string of pearls. And so it's, it's not an easy process to make those repairs. These but they, string of anchors? These are actually uh, the string, the cable goes through the floats, the concrete floats, and then the entire float system is anchored. Gotcha. But these, the cable that I'm speaking to is just keeps the floats together. They're not, uh, that's the mechanical system is um, high tension cables that uh, keep them together. So it's, it's, it's not, it's not real easy. It's not real uh, maintenance friendly. And uh, you need to bring in a, a company that knows what they're doing. And we were fortunate to get uh, Duwamish Services of uh, Seattle to come up and do that work ahead of all the, the busy um, uh, summer season that we're, experiencing at uh, at Stata right now. So in in the last program we had spoke about uh, liverboard services and that there would be a work uh, a, a task force, a work group of sorts that would look into those services. But you had pointed out to me before the program that the new board year is uh, is coming up. Yeah, a great question, Kevin. So uh, the the board chair did assign a working group um, of three board members uh, to begin a, a kind of a public process to, um, I'll say, improve the relationship with liveaboards. That may, that may be an overstatement, but really to look at the needs of the liveaboards and how best to manage um, that, uh, that unique group. And um, so... Uh, the, basically, we're looking at uh, a new board year occurring here in, in five weeks, and the board chair at uh, tomorrow's meeting is going to say, uh, we're going to suspend that work group, that liveaboard work group, until the new um, the new fiscal year. So every year when the board meets, if they have, if the board chair has assigned a subcommittee or a work group, it has to be reappointed in the new fiscal year. So um, the, 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 the trio started some work and then um, the board chair is just, just going to say, well, uh, there's a lot more here. We're better off regrouping and starting anew in, uh, in July. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and talk about that meeting after the break. Stay tuned. And we're back with Port Director Carl Yucatel with the Docks and Harbors Department here in Juneau. How's the new screening program going? Is it closer to Costco Greeter or TSA at this point? Yeah, so that's a that's a great question, Kevin. So. Um, 
we, it's been going well. We've got great uh, employees, uh, as we always do, but this year, especially when we had a, a need for hiring upwards of 29 new folks. And so the screening, and just to refresh your, your listeners, that uh, um, as the... As we evolve along the waterfront, so does the uh, the regulations, and we, we have to respond to Coast Guard um, federal guidelines. And this year, the, the guidelines have been more strict than they have in previous years in that uh, my folks are really acting as TSA screeners, having to verify government ID with a ship credential. So, so far, so good. However, um, on Sunday, um, there was a, the ovation of the sea was late coming into to Juneau. It was late because it had an emergency, medical emergency, had to get a passenger off. So I think they were supposed to arrive midday. They didn't arrive till seven o'clock at night. And then they, um, were to leave at um, 11, so they're only going to do a four-hour port call. So they came in, had 4,000 people off, and then tried to get, and then, so getting off isn't a problem, but when my folks have to do the the security verification, getting 4,000 people back on in a timely manner is not an easy task, and I know the... Uh, the ship's captain was not happy with being delayed, but you know that's you just do the math and trying to bring four thousand people. I don't know if that's how many came off, but and, you know, and rules are rules, right? Absolutely, you know we you know we got to follow the the guidelines that the, the regulations, the federal regulations. So it was uh, it was challenging, and uh, it, it sounds like you're doing okay on staffing, or is it, does that still need to be settled? Yeah, I just I just encourage people if they're looking for work to always check the HR website, the CBJ HR website. I think we've taken down all of our positions right now, but it doesn't mean that there won't be more um, job opportunities as a, as a, throughout the summer. You know, I think, uh, and I th- most companies have this this problem that uh, you might hire somebody and um, people are quite often job shopping and, and, and another better deal can can uh, avail itself and <laughs> you're back to looking for more people so it's uh, I suspect that's kind of going to be the, uh, the the cycle for this whole summer but uh, so far so good knock on wood very good so as we were talking about before I we went to the break, tomorrow's meeting of the Docks and Harbors Board, I see one item that is talking about this 1% sales tax. We had mentioned in the last program uh, Aurora Harbor and uh, and uh, Wayside Park as well. But what are the other items that are cropping up here? Yeah, um, for this for this uh, list. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. So, yeah, every five years, uh, the assembly or CBJ yeah, asks for submissions for one percent sales tax projects. Typically, these are large capital improvement projects that uh, the uh, slate is established by the assembly, and then it goes before the board or the the uh, the citizens in a referendum um, and will occur again this October. So docks and harbors, um, as I often say, we have uh, more ideas than we have money. And so the, the board tomorrow is going to um, kind of uh, 
winnow down the um, what projects we would like the city manager and the assembly to consider on behalf of docks and harbors. So right now, um, back in 2017, we got 1.5 million for uh, the north end of Aurora Harbor. So we call it Aurora phase three. So certainly the next phase of Aurora Harbor, so more money. We think we need about $10 million to finish off um, Aurora Harbor. There are grants that are out there. Uh, We have been unsuccessful with the um, uh, Alaska Department of Transportation Municipal Harbor Grant for the last five years for the North End. That's why um, many of your listeners will will see it's empty. We're waiting to leverage that money that we have in pocket with the state money, and we just haven't received the state money in in the five years that we've been applying for. So we'll continue to look for money um, for that. Uh, The board is also very interested in um, um, putting some um, money forward for the Wayside Park fishing float. So this is the float uh, just by die pack. People sometimes refer to it as a snagging float, but uh, it's an ADA a vehicle accessible um, drive down float where um, a, a lot of locals use it. And so uh, we this was uh, constructed by the state in about 2003 and transferred to Docks and Harvard's her management. And over the last you know 20 years, we've seen the isostatic rebound, and so now the um, the float is gets hung up on extreme low tides. That's not good for the structural integrity. Uh, it needs to be dredged, and so that's one. Um, one project that the uh, the board is very interested in advancing, another uh, based on um, our engineers' review of the or inspection of the uh, Taku Harbor floats. Um, that's another one that uh, we want to advance. Um, so the assembly or the the board is going to take tomorrow mostly to make sure that everybody's or there's a consensus on what projects to advance. Um, we're kind of using uh, the city manager made a had a memo back in March um, proposing five million dollars for docks and harbors for one percent. So we're kind of using that as the as a ceiling and trying to build to that with what projects we think will have broad uh, community appeal. And that'll all be discussed at five p.m. tomorrow. That's correct. Five p.m. Um, will be in room 224 or on Zoom. And before we close out here today, there was one more question I had wanted to ask you because we're seeing options being tossed about regarding this exemption of sales tax on food and how to pay for that. One thought I had heard the other day was why not pay it off with increased marine passenger fees? Now, the problem, as I understand it, is that the money is spoken for, isn't it? Yeah, um, Kevin, so I've heard that um, that suggestion as well. And I think, you know, we're, we're still coming off a, a lawsuit with the, the cruise industry. And my understanding is that you can't constitutionally um, raise, you know, head tax for um, general funds for a community. So I think that would be a tough sell uh, legally to... Um, increase head tax for the purpose of um, schools or 
uh, parks that aren't benefiting directly from the sales or from the head tax, the, marine, the passenger fees that are, are um, levied and received. So, um, and it's about thirteen a passenger, if I remember yeah. So right. basically, there's three um, passenger fees. There's a local marine passenger fee, which is five dollars a person, and that's um, envisioned to help offset or mitigate the impacts of you know a million plus passengers coming to Juno. There's a three dollar port development fee, which is uh, intended to um, uh, replace the the bond, the you know, pay the bond off on uh, the the new cruise ship docks and the in the um, um, seawalk and probably in the future um, dock electrification. So that's the port development fee. And then the state also has a thirty four dollar and fifty cent um, state marine or state head tax passenger fee. And uh, the way the state um, uh, manages that is they give five dollars back to every port that that um, ship um, visits. So it, you are correct that um, in the end uh, the CBJ receives thirteen dollars per passenger that comes to Juno, but it's not all um, fungible that can be used for any purpose. And. And uh, it could be used for perhaps the screening program we were talking about earlier, but not for replacing lost revenue from, for example, here, removing sales tax on food. Absolutely. And the uh, the city manager did, with the assembly's uh, approval, did um, fund the additional um, employee costs for this new screening for for all the docs in Juneau because that was a real it's a real it's an unfunded mandate so that's a appropriate use of the local marine pasture fee well thank you Carl is there anything you'd like to add um no just just for your listeners to go out and enjoy that weather and get on your get on your vessel and really enjoy what uh southeast Alaska um can provide yeah I love southeast thank you Carl now, tomorrow, I'll be speaking with Superintendent Dr. Bridget Weiss over from the school district. We'll get you all the details you need to know about the graduation weekend and the events coming up, as well as other things as the school district wraps up its school year. So be sure to tune in. In the meantime, thank you for tuning in this May 25th. This is Kevin Allen, Fraction Line, signing off. I'll see you next time.